green room with lots of doors. I have my kitchen <laughs> with a beautiful lamp. I don't know where I am, but I'm somewhere on planet Earth right now. I like right. it. So I'm Janae. I'm the founder of the Sharp Index, and we've been having sharp conversations. I'm Suba. I'm a founder and CEO of Caroline. I'm also a practicing hospitalist. Um, I'm Eve Bloomgarden. I am an endocrinologist in um, the Chicagoland area. I'm the director of thyroid care and also the director of endocrine education and innovation. I happen to live in the space of women in medicine and gender equity as um, someone really involved in the nonprofit Women in Medicine. I'm the chief development officer. So I have some questions. We know there's data that shows that women have experienced burnout to a greater degree, especially over the last couple of years. What unique obstacles do you think that women face uh, and what solutions do you think can address these obstacles for burnout? For women, many of us have uh, taken over a lot of caregiving responsibilities. So uh, with children, um, with elderly family members, um, some of, you know, with our spouses or with our partners or, you know, even our own wellness or our own medical care has has suffered. And so, you know, we know that women tend to take more roles on in the house. And when you look at what was happening during the last two years. If you had kids, you had remote school. You know, there was, um, I don't know, I used to have patients come in, patients who were moms of young kids, and they would just say, can I just sit here for a couple hours because I just need to get out of my house, and this is the only time that I can get, like, you know, my spouse to stay home um, or the only, like, valid excuse. And I would, you know, we would just have people. I wasn't even seeing them, you know, and I just, I really felt that. And then on top of that was our own, fear, our own anxiety about um, about staying safe, staying well, keeping our family safe and well. How has that changed? Like, how has yeah. that impacted people, like the sustained stress? Because yeah. I remember right before everything shut down, I talked to someone, they were saying how physicians are going to do great. They're going to like step up to the plate. And um, that was what, two years ago? Um, and like sustained levels of stress are devastating, right? Two years ago, we were really, the, the public at large really treated doctors and healthcare workers with a lot of respect and a lot of, um, you know, uh, we were very valued. And I will yes. tell you, that was that was appreciated from the front lines all the way to, you know, those of us who were sitting and doing telemedicine in our kids' playrooms with the doors locked, right? And I think over the last two years, we have seen this kind of unraveling of that respect and unraveling of the appreciation and the relationship such that people are showing up angry to the office. I've heard stories of people in, you know, being told that they have COVID and just yelling, being like, no, I don't have COVID. You're lying. You know what? There have been some really interesting things that were said. (laughs) Just some interesting, completely derailing, emotionally trying, horrible lies that have been said just going to put it out there. (laughs) That also has taken a toll on all of us because I think that has also cost our reputation to the general public and has been an extra layer of insult, you know, where I thought when the vaccines rolled out, like we were going to be done. You know, I was so excited. And then to have, you know, 50% of the population opt out because of something they read on Facebook or something they heard on the news or someone told them, um, you know, was just heartbreaking. So when you have, you have that piece of it, and then you add in the fact that patients are coming in a lot sicker than they were two years ago because a lot of people missed their uh, routine medical care and checkup. And when yes. you take a system that runs lean and you take out a lot of support, you take out, you lose, you know, nurses, medical assistants, administrative staff, 
So the things, the same things still need to get done to take care of patients, but you're, you're doing it without any help. Eve, you are so busy and you've just described so many ways that everyone is so busy in healthcare. I actually thought of, I have a question, but this analogy um, will probably resonate with you that it's almost like the healthcare system has uh, type 2 diabetes because it's just completely burnt out. There's like nothing left to give. You were throwing more insulin on it, but we can't get the glucose under control because like it's a systems issue, right? You know, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm struck by how you've had time or how you have found the time to do all of this advocacy work and, um, you know, allyship work that you're doing with women in medicine and with impact, which I use your, your, infographics all the time for people. So I'd love to Wait, hear. We're going to have to share the infographics. But oh, yes. Well, there's tons of absolutely. infographics. Like see but, in the video right now, just imagine ooh, it. Infographic. Yeah. I'll send but I'd to love you. to hear how, how does advocacy help you? With or program? does it? Yeah. Does it? You nailed it. So it absolutely, I do this because it fills up my bucket. And so I don't have time for all of this. Of course, nobody has extra time. However, we all have been known to bend or stretch in order to do things that we never would have thought we could do. And, you know, things that really, I would say, get me up in the morning are, you know, advocacy, um, speaking, you know, empowering my friends and colleagues, fighting misinformation, pushing for gender equity. And is this a sustainable, you know, speed to keep driving on? No. And things suffer, you know, so we, we cut corners. I mean, one way I picked up time is I didn't have to commute for a while while I was doing telemed, and that actually made a really big difference. That's huge. But, you know, doing the advocacy work to help my, you know, a lot of my friends are in the ICUs or in the ERs really couldn't keep the same sort of monitoring of what's happening and what's going on in the public and really didn't have the time or the bandwidth to then pivot and translate information between the scientific authorities and the general public. So we did a lot of patient facing Q and A's, a lot of, you know, the infographics for the public. And to be perfectly honest, I was getting all of these messages and questions anyway from my friends in the community and from, you know, family all over the country. And so I was already answering the questions. We kind of, in some ways, streamlined it by uh, creating impact, which is the Illinois medical professional action collaborative team. Um, and, it grew for, it grew out of that need for us all to feel like we were making some sort of difference. I think that's interesting. So we give awards every year and this year we had to create like a whole new category because several new nonprofits were created and huge initiatives. Like we um, had a fund mothers in medicine fund. So it was like a direct action fund and still is for providing for childcare costs. But then there was also whole new nonprofits like, for emotional PPE, the Lorna Breen Foundation, like mm -hmm. these giant groups have yeah. been organized over the past yeah. two years. I think there's something to be said to, uh, you know, to have kind of heroic efforts and energy when it, when something this massive is happening. Now, I think that's a, that's 2020, 2021 and 2022, obviously, you know, it, everyone has a little less steam. Um, but why are people resigning now I think is really interesting well I've talked to people it. about that um, like how yeah. um with death because my first husband passed away um former first husband and um the initial grief period oh, you like a lot of things happen but um one of my friends sat me down she's like you need to know that like after a year it's going to be harder because like people won't 
realize that it's still hard and that's when it all catches up to you. So I always think of it like, like when you're pushing against a wall, as soon as, you know, that, that opposite pressure is gone, you kind of collapse. People are that way for sure. And mm, then it's a really interesting analogy. And then we come into 2022 and that's where we are now. And, you know, these large kind of, I would say a lot of physicians are employed and these organizations are trying to figure out how to, I guess, recoup the cost of the last two years and how to, you know, build out their budgets and how to stay, you know, stay in, in, in the, I don't know, financially. In the green, exactly. not in the red. And so to go from, I'm going to, take care of my little kids, take care of my patients, start two nonprofit organizations, but I'm also going to tolerate someone telling me that I have 20 minutes to see a patient and my charts aren't closed. Like that, it is, it's a really hard pill. It's a jagged pill to swallow, right? As, as, as the song goes. So I mean. <laughs> so Eve, what is the worst thing that you've seen an institution do? <laughs> How long do we have here again? I'm just wondering. And, and well, maybe I'll qualify it. The worst thing that you've seen a group do in the name of helping burnout oh 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 interesting and different I like it let me think I will say what what breaks my heart the reason why I am so frustrated right now is because I am seeing a hemorrhage of talent from the healthcare space and I am seeing decisions made by these large institutions and small institutions, and even just, you know, in general, decisions are being made that do not, that are letting people go. And we are, um, and at each step of the way, I felt, I feel like there's an, there was an opportunity to pivot and retain and to keep the healthcare workforce robust. And I'm just seeing mistake after mistake after mistake being made. Um, You know, so give us an example of a mistake. Somebody who, um, you know, really benefited from having the flexibility to do telemedicine when their children were at home, being told that they no longer could do telemedicine and they had to come into the office. And that's not a big deal, but for a lot of people, that was a really big deal because that meant yeah. how I have to find childcare and my kids are still at home and or not vaccinated. And so now you're going to take away that time that I got back from my commute. You're going to take away what just my preference and I'm, you know, and then that person leaves. But like, I feel like we're, we have this big opportunity right now to change things because they weren't working before, but like right now they're not working Hmm. at all. And so what would you change? So yeah, like, what does that look like? Dream. I would like to be asked what how I want my day and my workflow to, to look like, and then to be given the autonomy to go ahead and do that. <laughs> that sounds like so simple. Like just for, listen I mean, to that like, concept. Ask how no, but, my day should go and yeah. making it available, making it possible is harder. And okay. I would like for someone to say, what do you need to be successful? And then allow me that I would. So resources. Oh, right. So, I mean, I think there is, there's a lot there. I think as a society, we need to ask ourselves, what do we want from our medical system? And what, and we know what our current medical system is doing. We can see the trends, the writing is on the wall. If that's not what we want, and I can tell you, I yeah. don't think that's what we want. Then It's not what anybody wants. If everybody, you know, every bankruptcy involves healthcare bills. Our mission is to take care of people and we can't do it because of the limitations that are basically self-imposed 
then, you know, we put a man on the moon. Why can't we fix this? Right. Like that's, I feel like we can. Yeah. You know, I always say, well, the great resignation is certainly, there's nothing great about it. And, but I do think my hope for what ne- what's coming next is, is not that anything like good is going to come out of this, but it's about what we could do together to take advantage of the opportunity, but we have to do it. We have to harness this kind of like, I can't do this anymore kind of thing and just use our collective brain power to, to fix it. We can do it. We can Moving do it. forward as the pandemic kind of hopefully closes. Um, we, I, I'm working on knowing my own limits. Um, and yes. I think it's equally important to know what you can't do and what you can do. And so I feel like I, every day I kind of play a game. It's like, I wake up, I do a wordle and then I'm like, okay, what can I say no to today? Right. That's so interesting. I have my like routine. I feel like that's a good tactical thing. Yeah. What can I say no to? And is why is it my kids going to McDonald's again? <laughs> I've also banned the word sorry from 2022. And I've, I've actually like, it's, it's gone. So that's great. It's hard to do, and I mess up almost every day, but I've said it to like nine people today, um, and uh, I think it's important that we stop apologizing for things that aren't our fault. So our tactical advice is don't say sorry, and every day, is there something you can take off your plate? And also know how to say no. I feel like that's so... Yeah. Yeah, don't put it on your plate in the first place. Yeah. Well, Eve, I feel like you have given us some really great tactical advice and a lot of inspiration really love how you've used advocacy to address your own wellness and burnout but also help others and you absolutely impacted my experience and my family's experience through the early days especially of covid because i routinely sent them the impact infographics and it was so helpful so thank you for the work that you're doing because it makes a difference I very much appreciate that. And you are yeah. welcome. And um, that's why we do it. Yeah. To, to close, can you tell everyone how to get involved? Like what is something everyone yeah. listening can do? Please check out both of these organizations, Women in Medicine um, and Impact. And we can, yeah. we can send the links um, and mm-hmm. follow us on social media. I'm easy to find. Please only only find me if you have kind words. If you have negative words, don't bother. That's okay. I don't, I don't need to hear You're that. You're like, if you have negative words, just keep that inside your heart. Yeah, hold it, hold it in. Um, <laughs> Love it. If you want to learn more about misinformation or if you want to d- learn how to design infographics, you can find us at Impact. If you want to be part of the gender solution, the solution to gender inequities, you can find us at Women in Medicine. And if you have a thyroid problem, you can find me at my job. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Eve. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Have a good day. 